Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. My name is Bella and we are here for another week, which is very, very exciting considering I have just put my iPad away and I need that for my little reminders about everything I have to talk to you all today. I've started doing this. I never used to write anything down. I just used to just talk for an hour and then I realised that I end up repeating myself and that is not interesting to listen to. So I'm now an organised girly and using my iPad for other than Netflix because that was an expensive Netflix investment. Like, I'm not going to lie, when I bought it, everyone told me not to because I didn't need one, and all I've ended up using it for is Netflix. So, it's now my podcast at Planner. Oh, guys, I'm trying not to cry, but it's been such a big week. It's been such a big week. I'm about to submit my last dissertation. I say my last dissertation because I've already submitted four dissertations saying it was my last dissertation. But because of my ADHD, I'm just really bad at checking things and I miss things. And so I just do it over and over and over and over again until I literally catch everything. And now I think I've caught everything. Like I actually don't think there could be anything else. So I go home, I make some final edits and then I'm done. I'm done with my dissertation. I'm done with university. And that's what this week's episode is going to be about. Because not only am I done with university, but it was my birthday last weekend. Let me let me go back to that. So since you last spoke to me, it was my birthday. Which I had, I said that weirdly, which, which I had the most lovely, lovely day. I ended up being with my friends and they, that was a bit obvious. I ended up being with my friends. I ended up being with my best friend. She came down to stay and my boyfriend ended up being able to come, which was really lovely because I wasn't sure that he would be able to. So we all went to the pub on the night time, like on the Friday night, because my birthday was on the Saturday and we all went to my, my friend's pub and it was lovely. And I tried honey tequila for the first time and guys, I can't drink tequila. Tequila is probably my worst shot ever of my entire life. And I could drink this. This was lovely. I actually think I got more drunk the day before my birthday than on my actual birthday because on my actual birthday, I woke up and my boyfriend had got up super early, gone all the way to like Big Sainsbury's, which is like quite a walk from my house. I'm not going to lie. Like he got the tube. It was far. Went and got me like my favorite breakfast, which was like pancakes and croissants and fruit juice and like a buffet style. I love a buffet breakfast. Got me all little bits like that. My best friend made me a cake. It was so wholesome and perfect. And then I opened the card and they were like, we've surprised you with a trip to Brighton. And so we went to Brighton for the day and Brighton is lovely. I've never been to Brighton before. I'm a changed woman. Granted, we did only go on one street of Brighton, but it's like Scarborough on steroids. It's like if Scarborough had investment. It does have a rocky beach, which, you know, does feel like a negative, but may actually be a positive because you don't get sand everywhere. So that was really, really great. And I think it was just so busy and made me realise how empty Scarborough is. Like Scarborough has like five different beaches and they are all like, they're never super, super, super packed. That You can always find a space, especially if you know like the secret beaches to go on. But this was so packed. Mind you, there's probably secret beaches in Brighton as well. That's probably that's probably where everyone else was. But it ended up being such a lovely day. We just ended up day drinking. And it was really funny because we went to laser tag. Now, you are judging. And it was a little bit embarrassing because on the birthday list, they were like, happy birthday to Jack, age nine. Happy birthday to Luke, age 11. And I'm there, age 23. But after a drink, a laser tag, I didn't realise I was so competitive. I didn't realise my friends were so competitive. All of a sudden, something took over us and we became these, like, hyper-competitive people who were intent on willing, on winning. And it was the most fun thing. I've, I haven't done something like that in ages and I would highly recommend. 
If you haven't done laser tag, this is your sign to go and do it because it was so much better than I was expecting it to be. And then once we'd done laser tag, I ended up switching teams halfway through, which meant I was the traitor and it meant that I got to get everyone and I won loads of points and it was pretty iconic, I'm not going to lie. And then after that, we went and we got some food and then we just started day drinking, like going to loads of pubs and it was so much fun. It was a little bit expensive. It made me a little bit poor and that's okay. Yeah, I did lose quite a We're not thinking. I saw this thing about money and it was like, remember, you're not losing money. You're just exchanging it for something more valuable. And those drinks were valuable. And so it wasn't a bad thing. Although my friend always drinks white wine spritz. And I always judge her for it. Sorry, Maya, but I do. You know I do. I'm always like, Maya, you are a child. But then I had it. And I'm not going to lie, it kind of changed the game. Because you know how a pub, just the white wine, it's not nice. Like, it's not a nice wine in the slightest. And you know that. You know that's what you're going in for. And it's always so expensive. Having it with lemonade made it delicious. It made it just much more drinkable. And so that was a very good revelation. And then on Sunday... It's ridiculous because it was literally one day after my birthday and I was already like, I need to do uni work. I need to do my dissertation. And I have been editing this stupid dissertation for literally all week and I cannot wait to submit it now. Good job I sorted it out early because I would never, ever, ever have been done in time. And I don't know how. Like, I literally am submitting it two days. It's all to the max. In my diary, like, six weeks ago, no, two months ago, I was like, I'm going to submit on the Friday And look at me actually submitting on the Friday. You know, I feel like I'm just able to know these things and plan these things in advance. I have a good inkling about when I'm going to finish something. And today's the day. Today's the day I'm finally, finally, finally finishing. But we've also been doing some other nice things this week. Last night, I went for Vietnamese food at this restaurant called Bang Bang in... It's near Tottenham Court Road, Holborn area. I never know whether it's Holborn or Holborn, but that place... And it was delicious and it's just made me so excited to go away now. I'm not going to lie, I haven't really packed. We're just going to leave that. I haven't really got anything, but that is okay. You know, it's okay that I haven't really got anything. It's it's all right. I'm packing tonight and if there's any really lost essentials, I plan on buying a lot of things out there. That is my plan because there's going to be so many incredible markets and everything. There wasn't really that much stuff in Bali. Like There wasn't loads and loads and loads of shops to go to. And so this is why I'm kind of, I'm all right about spending more in Vietnam on clothes shopping because there's going to be so more, like there's actual cities and oh, I'm just, I'm just really excited. I can't believe we're going. feels a bit surreal, I can't lie. Other things I've done this week though, I went to the ABBA Voyager concert and I need to debrief you all because it was mental. Like if that is what Ashley O is going to be like, like if that is the future of our music industry for people who have passed away... It was crazy. Like, um, it was really good. I'm not going to lie. Like, it was sick. You could not tell that they weren't real. But you also could because I don't want to spoil it in case you're thinking of going. But it wasn't just, like, avatars. There was also, like, film parts of it and, like, lights. And it was, like, 3D. And it was just incredible. And I would definitely recommend you going. The tickets have dropped now from, like, 430 to 70 So it's still massively expensive. But... Is something to go and do, I would definitely recommend it because the tickets are only going to come down more. It's now going to be open for four years. Isn't it mad to be that famous that you can do the same show for four years and it'd be busy every single night? Like, I can't quite comprehend that, being that level of famous, being that level 
of greatness, you know? Feels a bit crazy for me to properly think about. I need to buy, though, before I go to Vietnam, I'm writing this down so I mentally remember, I need to buy sun cream. This is essential because this is one of the things, when we go to Vietnam, things like that are going to be really expensive. Oh, I just feel like I'm going to forget something. I also have my last day of therapy today, and I know we're going to talk about all of this in the content part of the episode, but it just feels like it's been a big week. I feel like my head's a bit all over the place. I felt quite anxious, I can't lie, this week. It's felt... You'll know if you listen to the subscriber podcast part, you'll know, you'll know why the anxiety has been brewing, but it's just felt like a hard week and I've just been struggling to sleep a lot at the moment and even though it is really exciting, everything finishing, it's also, there's a lot of big feelings there. There's a lot of things that go in hand with that and kind of thinking this is my last time ever in university. This is my last day ever as a student at LSHTM and that is also emotional. You know, it's emotional to move on from that and it's been an emotional year and that's why I really want to do this episode called An Ending of Eras so that we can really, you know, talk about everything that's happening because this is a period of my life that I really want to like mark in. This changing of chapters is massive and I want to make it feel like something massive has happened. So anyway, on to the content part for this week's podcast. Here we are on the final I will be in the UK as I'm about to go to London. It's Saturday, the day I submitted my dissertation, and we're at the end. I've done it. Like, I've done the year. I've done the Masters. I've got it. You know? That's it. Just like that, the entire year is over. And I promised myself I wouldn't cry, so I'm not going to cry. But, uh... But it's been a big year and a lot of things have happened and I have grown in so many ways. And I think I had therapy yesterday, like the last therapy session, we were talking about the ways in which that I've grown and the ways in which everything has changed. And it made me realise what a journey this year has been. Because sometimes I feel like you can feel like you haven't changed. You can feel like the exact same person because you can't remember exactly how you felt that year ago. But when I imagine myself back about to move to London, I was so scared. I was, I was shitting myself. I was so terrified of moving here. And I had no idea how it was going to go. And look at how it's all gone. You know, I was so scared of spending time on my own. And I was so fearful about creating a life for myself outside of the lives that I've already created. I was scared about starting again. But it all worked out. And I think this is the thing, change is scary. Ending things and starting new things is scary. But it's understandable it's scary. You're going into something totally new, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be okay. It doesn't mean that everything is not going to work out. It just means, I think the biggest thing I've learned is you have to give things time to work out. There were so many points on this Masters where I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it. Where I wasn't sure if it was going to be helpful. I wasn't sure if it was going to be... I didn't feel like I was smart enough. I didn't feel like I was good enough for it. I didn't feel like I was the right person to be here. I've always felt this in every single thing that I've done is that like, I don't feel like I have anything to offer. You know, I don't feel like my brain is smart enough to be in the science world. I don't feel like my IQ is best. I'm not the greatest at maths. I'm not like, do you know what I mean? I have all of these things, even with the podcast. If you're the, if you're one of the podcast subscribers, you will (laughs) know about my recent imposter syndrome, but even with the podcast, I've been thinking, like, I don't have anything to say. I have nothing to offer anyone. And blah, blah, blah. I've just been feeling quite low. 
And I think if anything this year has taught me and it's something that I'm now putting into practice in these moments where I am feeling quite burnt out and tired and I just feel a bit like kind of like empty about it all is that it's just a hard moment and that it will pass and it's waves. I think this is it. Life is like waves, ebbs and flows. There's ups and there's downs. And when you're in a down, there'll be an up. And when you're feeling great, there's going to be a point where you feel shit again. Do you know what I mean? It's not going to be this constant line. I think I really thought, and this is the thing I think I think at the end of every new chapter, I feel like I'm going to have everything sorted and that my life is going to be totally different. And although my life is different, I still have the same things that bother me. Like I still go on my phone too much. I still scroll when I'm anxious. I still get overwhelmed. I still struggle to be consistent with routines. And I think... Sorry, I've just cleaned my room and it's so dusty in here. Um, But I still struggle with all of these things that I didn't think I'd be struggling with, but that's okay. And I think at some point I will learn to fight these vices. At one point they won't be bothering me quite so much anymore, but it's okay that they bother me still. I used to put so much pressure on myself to be this perfect ideal person at the end of each end of chapter. Like I was starting anew. And I think chapters ending is something that's really exciting because it does mean that you can then move into something new. It means that you can start fresh. It means you can present yourself in a whole new way. And that is exciting. But I think it also shouldn't be filled with loads of pressure. I think self-growth and self kind of like growing into who you want to be. It can be a process that's sometimes pushed too much. It's a natural process of getting older. As you get older, you will grow. And I think although it's important to put yourself in these situations to make yourself grow, like, you will thrive more if you put yourself in the uncomfortable situation. Like, I could have stayed at home for another year, but I knew I'd thrive more if I went and did my master's. And so that was a hard decision, but I knew it was one that I could handle. But I think this is the key thing about picking the new thing that you want to grow into, is realising that you have to... You have to pick something that is going to push you, but you're also capable of. You don't want to push yourself so far in the deep deep end that you sink. You need to be able to swim. And I think another thing this year is me realising my boundaries. And I think this is the thing that I've spoken a lot about in therapy. And she was saying, like, a big thing about you that's changed is you are now much better at establishing your boundaries. You're better at telling people when something's annoyed you. You're better at telling people when something that they've done has upset you. You're also better at saying no. And I realised, like, I am. You know, I have boundaries and that's okay. And it's not bad for me to tell people this and it doesn't mean that I'm a bad person. It doesn't make them a bad person for asking it of me, but I'm allowed to say no. And that's something that I didn't think I was for so long. For so long, I felt like I couldn't say no, that I had to be this kind of perfect saying yes to everyone. I had to make everyone else pleased and everything. And I think in doing that and thinking I had to please everyone else, I was swallowing all of my feelings And then that was bubbling up and this constant anxiety that I was feeling because there were so many unfelt things. There were so many things that I hadn't been allowed to experience. And I think this is another thing that I really take forward. And I think it's something that you really is important you learn before you enter the working world is being able to establish when things are right and when things are wrong, when you are allowed to say no to people. Obviously within reason, I'm not saying like all the time, but do you know what I mean? You have to be able to say no. You have to know, and I think this is a thing that it has taken me a long time to do. 23 years, in fact, which is crazy to think at 23 years I'm now able to say no to things. But I think this ending of eras, this changing of chapters, moving into the working world feels the first one, and maybe it's because of therapy, but it feels like the first one that I've actually properly processed. It feels like the first one that I've actually 
really thought about and have made peace with and have found like I don't want to cry but I think it feels just a bit bigger this time it doesn't feel like I I do feel more of an adult now and although I still need my mum sometimes although I'm still gonna need support I'm still gonna need help from people I feel able to stand on my own two feet and I wasn't able to before this year. And I think this is why I'm finding this changing of chapters. I felt really anxious the past couple of days. I keep waking up with this nervous, sick feeling and like jolting out of bed and I keep having nightmares. Like I dreamt last night that all of my buttons on my laptop were working, were broken and I couldn't submit my dissertation. And bear in mind, I've resubmitted eight times. Eight times, people. And I was speaking to my therapist about this. It's like, I need to keep checking it and checking it and checking it. And she was like, you need to keep checking it because you're scared of letting it go. You don't want to let it go. And I was like, you're right. I am saying it's just because I need it to be perfect. But I'm a little bit scared about letting it go. Because letting it go means letting go of education. And education has been something that has defined me for so long. I was always that person at school that was like trying really hard and wanted to get the good grades and would study really really hard and put everything into it and I think I found a lot of purpose from getting those grades I found a lot of purpose in being able to get an A and it sounds ridiculous and it's something that's also caused me a lot of like pain because it has meant that like grades don't define you and that's something that I've had to really learn this year because this year has been so much harder like masters is not the same as undergrad or like the grade boundaries are different like what you need to get a pass is so much higher so it's been a humbling experience because not only do you need to get higher grades in order to get the same as before you're now surrounded with people who are even smarter than the people you were surrounded with before you know so it's like there's a higher standard that you need to be, but there's also a higher standard of people around you. And so you need to work harder and harder and harder and harder. And I think this is the thing that I have really realised this year is becoming okay with whatever grade I get that is not a reflection on me, that I am still worthy of being proud of what I've done. And although I still get really excited and proud of myself when I get a good grade, sitting with a grade that's not as good as I wanted and realising that it doesn't really matter. As long as I passed... As long as I'm still going on to the next part, as long as everything, like, as you know, it's not the end of the world. And I think this is why I am finding this goodbye, like, a little bit harder than the normal goodbyes, the normal changing of chapters. I mean, I guess, in a way, I've kind of done everything in my life staggered. And I think this is because I don't like the finality of goodbyes. Again, we're speaking about this in therapy. I don't like, I don't like the idea of things just ending Like, I find it really hard to get my head around. I find it really hard to be like, this is it. And I might never see you again. Um, What's her name? Unjaded Jade. I know that's not her name, but, you know, the YouTuber Unjaded Jade. She talks a lot about situational friendships. And my sister was talking to me about this. And it's those friendships that you have with people day in, day out. And you get on really, really well, but you're probably not going to stay in contact after that situation ends. And it's made me think a lot about, like, the people I have at uni and the friends I have at uni. And although we might meet up for dinner and we will exchange, like, texts here and there and we will stay in contact, it's not going to be the same as it was for those period of months where I saw them day in, day out. We had lunch together. Like, I knew every part of their lives. And 
that's not going to happen again. And for the first time, I think I am accepting like the finality of this goodbye because I've been prepping for it. I've been thinking about this end much longer than I normally would do. I've realised I escape endings. I, even from like being a child, like I remember going on holiday and when we would leave, this is so embarrassing to admit, but I'm going to tell you all anyway. Even when like we'd leave the villas that we were on holiday in, I would go and kiss the bottom of the, which is actually really disgusting now I think about it, but I would like kiss the bottom of the pool goodbye and tell it I was coming back to see it next year because I felt sad about leaving the pool and I felt sad about leaving the place and I felt sad about the holiday ending. My birthday would have to last till the 22nd because I felt sad about it ending. It wasn't that I was being a birthday princess, like I wanted the day to be about me. I didn't want the day to be about me, I just didn't want the birthday to end. Christmas literally lasted until January the 6th, okay? I would leave my grandparents and sob, like sob. We're not talking a little cry, we're talking like, I would literally feel like the world was caving in. And I think this is why I've always like found endings hard, because it just feels like, like I really struggle to wrap my head around the fact that, that that's over, that something can be so fleeting, that something can, you can experience something for a moment, and then that moment's gone, and all of the things that were so important then are over. And I think if anything this year has taught me, it's really, really live in that moment. Because it is not going to last forever. And it sounds so obvious and it's something we all know. We all know it's not going to last forever. But I have convinced myself time and time again that it will last for longer than it will. That I will be here. I think because of the Masters only being a year, I kind of tricked myself into thinking it would be three years. That I'd be here again. That it would all be the same. And of course it's not. It doesn't last forever, nothing lasts forever and there is a beauty in nothing lasting forever because it makes the moment like sweeter. It makes you crave and cherish that moment more because it's not going to last forever. It makes you appreciate it. And I think appreciating the moment and being present is something that I probably struggle the most with. Like it's something that I probably find the hardest to get my head around. Because I can't accept the finality of an ending. Like, I can't think that, like, this is actually it. And it's something that I can't get my head around. And I don't know why. But I think this time, I, rather than escaping endings as I normally do... Like, last year when I went to Bali, I escaped the ending of the job ending. This year, kind of weird that I booked a holiday. Literally, exactly... Like, and I know it coincided with the timings... But I'm avoiding the ending of this. I'm avoiding the ending of therapy because I ended it too early. And I think I always avoid endings. I always just do a little, like, Irish goodbye. I never, I don't say goodbye to people. I just kind of leave because I don't like accepting that the last time I'm ever going to see anyone will be that time. And I think there's this, like, in Peter Pan, there's this quote from, like, Tinkerbell, and I don't know the exact quote, but it's, like, along the lines of, I don't want to say goodbye to you because leave. if I say goodbye to you, it means that you're leaving and I don't want to accept that you're leaving. So instead I'll say see you, so instead I'll say see you later because later means that I'll see you again. And I don't want to accept that I'll never do that. And I think that's how I feel right now. But 
I can't feel that way about education because it is... Like, I think a lot about how much this year has given me. Like, being diagnosed with ADHD was pretty major. That was pretty huge. I'm not going to lie. I feel like I really just skipped past, past that part. Like, that was a big thing to find out. And I didn't really get time to process it. Because I had to be like, right, I have this thing. It doesn't really change anything because I've always had it. It's not like I'm being diagnosed with something new. Like, it's always been there. It just makes a lot of things make more sense. But And I don't know what time I'd need to process it. Because I know, like, I don't know what I'd need to do. Do you know what I mean? But I also felt like I kind of then just had to be like, yeah, it's this thing that I have. Moving on. Moving on to this next thing. Moving on to carry on with uni work. Still trying as hard as we can. But now with this newfound understanding about why my brain works the way it does. And I think, okay, has, there has been a lot of things. There really has been a lot of things, but I'm not running from it anymore. I'm not hiding from the things that define me. I'm not hiding from these things that impact me. And I think, as I was saying, I've always done, I've always done the growing up in a very staggered way. I left home for university, but I moved back. You know, when I think about COVID... I was only away for one and a half years and then I moved back and I was ready to move back. I wasn't ready to move out. I was no way I was ready to move out yet. And I think, I know it makes it sense and like so many people love university and it is really a great experience. I think in a way it's a shame that it's the natural follow-on because it makes a lot of people feel like they have to be ready at 18 to move out. And I was not ready. Like, I wasn't. And so moving home for COVID, although... I know it was awful for so many people. For me, I think it was actually really beneficial because it meant that I got to... I I just wasn't ready. I wasn't mature enough. I wasn't doing very well. Like, I really wasn't doing that well during second year. I was really unhappy. I was crying all the time. I cried most days. I would just hide in my room. The social anxiety was horrific. And I just felt so uncomfortable with the life that I was living. And I was keeping it all in. And I didn't realise that these things were an issue. I didn't realise that I wasn't happy. I just knew that I wasn't thriving. But I didn't know that I could thrive. Because I think I'd been not thriving for so long. For years. Like, I don't really know. But then I don't know if I'm just dramatising, like, my later teenagers. I don't know if I am. But I don't have them as filled with happiness as I think they should have been not as much as they are now and I think those years were hard like those years were really really hard this is probably the most vulnerable podcast episode we've ever had um sorry about this guys (laughs) but you know end of an era it's time to oh god I think I'm starting a nosebleed no I'm not I'm just crying great and I think moving back home was the best thing I could have ever done for me and it really helped me and it helped me grow into moving in and then I was that makes no sense it helped me grow into moving in what I meant to say was it then gave me the space to start a new job and then I got to earn money and like I lived at home for another one two years until I was able to move out again you know it took me another two years until I was like you know what I am ready I'm ready for this I'm ready to grow into who I want to be. I'm ready to take this next step. And I think that's why 
I think that's why I'm ready for this next step now because I've always done everything gradually. Although I moved to London, it was still school, you know? It was still school and school was comfortable. School is comfortable. School is something that I've always found a comfort in. Even though it makes me anxious, it's a known anxiety, you know? It's like a familiar anxiety. So it doesn't make me super, super stressed. Whereas I think if I'd have come straight and done a job, maybe that would have been worse, but I don't know. I think you're more adaptable than you think you are. And I think I'm more adaptable than I think I am. And I'm so much stronger than I think I am. And I think, I said this to my therapist yesterday. I was like, I don't think I'm a strong person. Like, but blah, blah, blah is so much stronger than me. And she's like, you are strong. Why do you think you're not strong? And I was like, because I'm so emotional. Like I cry about everything. I'm not, like, I'm not a strong person. I'm just an emotional person. And she was like, but there's strength in being emotional. There's strength in being in tune in how you are. There's strength in feeling. And I think I this year has shown me that I am stronger than I think I am. That I am able to do hard things. That I am able to push through. And having that self-belief within yourself that you can do hard things is so important. And recently, I have not been feeling great. Not been feeling 10 out of 10. And that's okay. It's okay to have bad days. It's okay to feel a bit shitty. Like, it's okay. These things happen. But having that knowledge that it is going to come around again. Good things are coming. I'm just burnt out and stressed and I just need a break. Like, good things are coming literally tomorrow. Tomorrow I will be flying to Vietnam and I'm going to cry because I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so proud of myself for working so hard and... For earning enough money to be able to do this. to For like pushing myself. Like this year has been a push year. It's been a grinding year. It's been a year I've been like right. We have to work really hard this year. And I did it. And I couldn't have done it without all of you. You know. I am so grateful that you are here. That you are listening. That you make me make these podcasts every week. And I don't mean make me. But like that's my motivation. I want to make them. And it's making me reflect. And I think... It makes me realise how far I've come and I couldn't be more grateful. So whatever happens this next year, future Bella listening to this now, I want you to be more present. I want you to be more content with the everyday. I want you to be scrolling less. That's the biggest goal. And I want you to maybe be more consistent with fitness, but I'm not too fussed about that. But I love you all. And thanks for being here. And this new chapter is going to be scary, but it's going to be a fun one. And the next time you hear from me, I'll be in Vietnam. I'm so excited. The next time you hear from me, oh, I better get that podcast recorded soon because I'm going to be in a national park. I don't know if they have Wi-Fi there. Probably not. Oh my God, so many things to think about. But next podcast, I will be in Vietnam. The podcast traveling series is coming back and I'm so excited. I love you. Anyway, onto the question part for this week's podcast. So onto the question part for this week's podcast. Now, I always have to find them because they're always hiding. Okay, here we go. Vietnam itinerary. So, what the plan is, is we flan in, flan in, we fly into Hanoi, so that's in the north, we spend two nights in Hanoi, we then go to Halong Bay, we spend two nights in Halong Bay, we then get the overnight train 
to halfway down Vietnam so we can go to the Phong Nha National Park. We stay there for four days where we're going to do like these this cave trekking, um, loads of other like, we're going to do loads of tours because it's my boyfriend's like birthday whilst we're there. And that's the first week. And that is all we have really planned. Like, I'm not going to lie. I haven't really planned anything past the first week. Once the first week is done, like on Wednesday, we'll probably plan the next week. It tends to be like we'll plan like a week in advance. So actually, we should probably plan on Sunday what we're going to be doing the week after. But we'll just ignore that. Other things, though, we know we're going to go to Hanoi, Da Nang. We end in Ho Chi Minh. So we need to get to there on the 22nd of September. So I think we're just going to spend the rest of the three weeks kind of moving our way down. And I'm so excited because I feel like when we're in Bali, like we kind of did a loop, but it was pretty random. I'm not going to lie. Things just ended up working out really well. And so I want this to have like the spontaneity that Bali had. But I also do want a bit of a plan and structure because there is so much to see and I want to make sure that we see it all. I am not on Strava, but maybe I will be because... I haven't been motivated with running recently. Confession time. I haven't gone on a run in like a month. I don't feel motivated at the moment to do anything. I'm in a bit of a slump, I can't lie. And no one wants to hear this because it's summer and I'm meant to be so happy and joyful about finishing everything. But I'm in a bit of a slump and it's just my reality and I haven't been on a run in ages. But when I get back, maybe I'll join Strava. Maybe we can all go on runs together. This would be so much fun. Okay. Advice on outgrowing friendships and toxic friendships. I saw this quote about friendships and it went something along the old people and it went along the lines of, I can't remember exactly and I don't know where I saw it, but it was along the lines of, I think people are like sunsets. They're beautiful whilst we see them, but at some point they will end, but that doesn't diminish their beauty. And I think this is about friendship sometimes. The people you have in your life, as soon as you realise the likelihood of them being there for all of your life, it's not very high. I feel like you can release that need for everything to be perfect between you. You can release the need for them to be able to be there for every single part. And I think that allows you then to outgrow things. I think we put so much pressure on ourselves in order to have this perfect ideal friendship, which lasts thousands and thousands and thousands of years, you know? You have this idea that friendship has to last forever because so many of the key people in society, like it was that dream to have like the best friend from childhood, you know? And it is really lovely to be able to have that relationship with someone that spans your entire life, but... Again, it puts that pressure on you to be able to maintain that friendship, even when it's not necessarily healthy. And so I think you allow, when you allow yourself to outgrow friendships, when you realise that friendships don't have to end in this big, massive argument, you don't have to have a massive thing that pushes you away from each other, sometimes friendships just ebb and flow, you know? I remember and Jaded Jade, my sister was talking to me about it, it's like situational friendships, and it's friendships with people when you're in the same place, when you're at university or school and you see each other day in, day out and you're really close to that period of time and then all of a sudden you leave and you realise that you're probably never going to talk to them again. And I've been thinking about this a lot as I leave university, the people that I've seen day in, day out for about a year now. I probably, I might meet up for dinner with them again, like, but we're not going to talk regularly. We're not going to have the close contact that we've had for the past year. And there's something quite sobering about that reality of, realising that these people aren't always going to be there. But I also think that makes you appreciate it more. That makes you appreciate them. It makes you appreciate that moment. And it also takes the pressure out. It takes the pressure out of you having to make everything absolutely perfect. So I think my advice for outgrowing friendships is giving yourself permission to outgrow things. Don't make yourself feel bad if things aren't going as they used to. Don't feel bad if you're not seeing eye to eye. Don't feel bad if you're having to reevaluate that relationship 
Because as you grow, your opinions on life, your views on life, your knowledge about life will also grow. And it would be a bit weird if you didn't reevaluate the people you surrounded yourself with at all. And I'm not saying you have to get rid of them. I'm saying that reevaluating the people you're surrounding yourself with isn't a bad thing, you know? Shows that you care, shows that you're changing, shows that you're growing. Okay, on to the next question. Would you have moved to London if you hadn't done your master's? I think I would have because I actually got offered a job here. So with the end of my internship, I got offered a full time oh shit, I got offered a full time job in London. And so I think I would have moved here anyway because that seemed like the natural next progression. So I was either moving here for the masters or for the job. But I always knew I was coming to London. I always felt like here would feel like home and it does feel like home. And so I think I always would have come to London if I hadn't done the masters. For a period of time, I was going to go to Paris, but that just ended up being way more expensive than I actually realised. I'm on an exchange for six months in Estonia. Oh my God, I bet that's incredible. Any tips, advice or recipes for one person? My biggest tips are about food prep. Cook for two and eat it the next day. Minimise the amount of effort that you have to spend cooking. I think giving yourself time to settle into a new place, allowing yourself to do the fun things that you want to do by yourself is really important. For my first couple of weeks in London, I spent most weekends on my own. I would take myself to do the stuff that I really wanted to do. And I think that made it like, I made them like date days. I saw this um, TikTok and it was like, the reason I value coffee dates so much is for is because when I first moved into the city, coffee dates were all I had. They were what I took myself to do every single weekend because it was the only thing I could do to entertain myself because I didn't know anyone here. And so I think that's why I love going on coffee dates so much because it reminds me that I've always been there for myself. And it made me realise how everyone has that same experience when they move somewhere new. No one immediately knows everyone. So give yourself time to settle in. Take yourself out on the coffee dates. Be kind to yourself. And how exciting is it, this new journey that you're starting on? I'm so excited for you. How to deal with living far from friends. I feel like I have mixed minds about this. I think you deal... I think the first thing you have to realise is that... Well, I don't know. It depends what type of friendship you have. I think my friendships that have lasted when we've lived far away from each other have lasted because we've realised that our relationship is going to change and it's going to ebb and flow, but we're always going to be there for each other. And we'll always message each other when we need something and call when we can. But it's giving that kind of understanding of it's when we can. Life is busy. Life is intense. Trying to stay in touch is really important. So whatever works for you, Snapchat is a really fun way to stay in touch for me and my best mate who lives really far away from me because I get to see her face. But also I'm not mad when she doesn't text me. Like we have quite a relaxed friendship and there's no pressure there for that to be something that like we don't have to talk every single day, you know? Because for me and her, that would be overwhelming. There's too many other things going on. So I think understanding that your relationship might change but also it might not I think it just depends on the friendship that you've always had our relationship has always been quite like long distance and kind of ebby and flowy but always known that it's there when we see each other it slips back into not like like no time has passed you know so I think that's the other thing also realizing that you are always going to have that friend and it is going to slip back into normal when you can and you've just got to try your hardest to see each other but just be really compassionate with each other it can be difficult when you've got friends living far away from you and it can be hard to manage everything. And being kind about that and letting people establish themselves and find their feet with things can be really good. Next thing, advice on being comfortable with being single your whole life. And I'm 20 now. I mean, 
Unless this is an active decision that you have now decided that you are going to be single your entire life, if that is an active decision that you have decided to make, then absolutely fine. But I th- right, do you know what? I think I was thinking about what my advice is, and I was like, I feel like everyone meets someone, everyone will fall in love at some point in their lives. But even if you didn't, love can come in so many different forms, not just in a relationship. And I think when you start to appreciate the other types of love that you have in your life, and this is a lot about Dolly, what Dolly Alderton's book, Everything I Know About Love, is about, and I would really recommend you reading it. She talks a lot about how she has no, she's not in a long term relationship at the moment. She's not married. She hasn't, she's still single. But as soon as she started to value the women that she had in her life, her friendships, the people that she surrounded herself with, as soon as she realised that the love she gained from those relationships was just as valuable as any romantic relationship, she started to see everything in a bit of a different light. And so I think one of my biggest tips in kind of being single is realising that even though you are not in love with someone, you are surrounded by so much love and there are so many people that care for you and you have so much love to give. And I think that's something that's the most beautiful thing to focus on. Okay, on to the question part that is anonymous. Okay, this will take me a second to go. I should really organise this way more. Okay, let me... You. Some people always put, like, you're wild for what you did. I'm like, I didn't do anything. I know I didn't do anything. What did you dream about last night? I don't know. I just remember it was a nightmare because I woke up really scared and very anxious. I think it was about my sister, but I don't know what it was. I, I don't really have... I can't... Sometimes I can't remember dreams exactly. The more I think about it as well, the more, like, I feel like I forget. Like, does that make sense? Like, the more I think about a dream, the more I think I forget it which I know actually makes no sense, but I've always thought this. Your favourite hobby. Oh, you're going to set me into an existential crisis again. I don't think I have any hobbies. Not going to lie. I I, I mean, I know I have the podcast and I like reading and I haven't really been journaling recently and I haven't been going to the gym and, oh, I just don't feel like I have any hobbies and I really need to start. And next time you hear from me, I'm going to have loads of hobbies. I've just been so distracted and this is the reality. And I feel like no one wants to say the things that I don't have any hobbies at the moment and I'm probably a bit boring. But, you know, I'm honest with you guys and I feel like a lot more people feel this than they say they feel this. So I'm saying it so we all feel close together and not on our own in being hobbyless and decide to make... I love going on walks. I guess that's a hobby. I love watching films. I love documentaries. Are these hobbies or are these things I love? I don't have things that, like, I do every week, you know? I don't know. I'm going into a crisis. Anyway, on to the new things that I've done this week. So on to the new things that I've done this week. And one of the biggest new things that I've done this week, guys, is what starting the new series, Painkillers. I keep call- telling everyone it's called The Pharmacist and it's not called The Pharmacist. It's called Painkillers. It's incredible. I don't know anything about the opioid crisis that happened in America. Like, I knew absolutely nothing about what had happened. And especially being, like, in the healthcare industry-type world, watching this documentary has been so shocking to me. It was so eye-opening, and it's been something that I would really, really, really recommend you all watch. I have It's only six episodes, and I've nearly watched the entire thing. I've been realising I also think I need some more hobbies, because I... 
I just haven't had any time for myself recently, which just means I just feel really tired. I'm also on my period. I just feel really shitty. I can't lie. And I feel like I don't have anything that's going on in my life. Like, I feel like I have no hobbies. And I was talking to my friends about this. And I was just like, I don't feel like I have anything. I don't feel like I do anything. Which is because my life has just been revolving around this dissertation. And so now I actually have free time. I'm like, what do I do with this free time? And so the new things that I'm going to be doing, is going to be more interesting. I'm not going to set myself a challenge because I always set myself a challenge. And these things are just never things that I actually want to do. They're just things that I make myself do. Which isn't always a bad thing, but... I feel there's other new things that I want to do, you know? So other new things that I have actually done this week is just try to get through it. You know when it's one of those weeks where you just have to get through it? Watching Pharmacist has been great and it's provided a lovely little bit of escapism. I've been trying to read Chabs and it is a really good book, but it's also quite hard to read. It's quite, like, it's a big book and I do really want to finish it, but I just don't know when I have time. And I also feel exhausted and I've also noticed I'm scrolling so much at the moment because I'm trying to avoid my feelings, which you know, it's classic me. I will talk about this more in the content part, but I've just been avoiding things recently. And so the way I avoid things is distracting myself. And my best way of distraction is by scrolling on my phone. And I'm starting to feel like the impact of that now. And I'm starting to feel the tiredness associated with that. And so I need to do more other things. I need to start going outside more. I need to start reading more. I need to start, I feel like it's kind of like pressure to do more new things. I feel like I'm not living everything enough feels a bit overwhelming, to be honest, like, I feel like I'm not living properly, you know, I feel like I'm hiding, because I'm overwhelmed, and I just need a break, I need a holiday, I need a change of scene, and the fact I'm going away makes me feel so excited, because I just, I can't focus on anything else here, I can't focus on the fact that I need to do my dissertation, I can't read it through any more times, I can't, I, I can't move on from it whilst I'm still here, so I just need to go, but I just feel like there's so many jobs that I need to do, but I don't want to do them, I don't want to tidy my room, I don't want to sort out my drawers, I don't want to go to the gym, I don't want to do any of these things, but I know I'll feel better after I do it, and I know I have to go, but I also just feel very unmotivated at the moment. So that's more of an honest new things I've done this week, because I know I normally share really great things, but Bang Bang in the Vietnamese restaurant was delicious, I had the crab noodles, it was incredible, would recommend. Other new things... Again, painkillers, so great, definitely watch. And that's about it, guys. That is all I've done. It's been, there's just a lot going on right now and it does feel a little bit overwhelming, but it's fine, we move. Thank you for being here. It honestly makes my day that you want to listen to the podcast every single week and I am so, so, so grateful. I hope you're having a great week and I love you loads. Make sure you're following me on Instagram and on TikTok at You've Got Mail and School Pod and I will speak to you again next week. I love you. Bye. Oh my God, I'll speak to you from Vietnam. <laughs> I'm so excited.